Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews and insights from the field of healthcare. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you by THC Primary Care, where we provide operations and project management to primary care networks. If you are a clinical lead or a practice manager and your primary care network to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to deliver some of your projects and network-based services, I would absolutely love to help you. So come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Hi, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So in this episode of the podcast, I have just interviewed the loveliest guy ever. And I know that's a bold claim, but when you listen to it, you'll realize why. Chris Maynard is the founder, the president, and the CEO of Glucose Revival. They make medical alert necklaces for those living with type 1 diabetes and the necklace is filled with glucogel. So you've always got something on you at all times if you have a hypo. And when I saw this product, I was like, we need to get one. We need to get one. My little girl's called Talia. She's got type 1 diabetes. She's currently eight. She was diagnosed when she was five. and when I saw this product and I realized you could get it in the UK, I was like, I don't care about the postage and packaging. We're getting it. So she wears it around her neck and she can wear it. We went to a theme park the other day. If she is swimming, she could just wear it 24 seven. And it just is from a parent's point of view, that little bit more peace of mind that she's covered, that she's got something on her at all times if she was to have a hypo and kind of more importantly if she was to have a severe hypo whoever was with her would be able to administer the treatment and it would be close to hand so I wanted to get Chris on because I was like I need to learn more about this product and how it came to be the ups and the downs and just what I took from this interview is that Chris and his family just I believe that there is nothing they wouldn't do. If a family phoned him up and said, we need some help, he would go. And he shares a lovely story how he flew over to meet a family where her son's levels were, in his words, out of control. And it's a lovely success story. I mean, like many of the entrepreneurs I've had on the podcast, Chris never set out to run a business. He's a firefighter. And he's building this business in his own time. Currently, this product is shipped all over the world. There's seven members of staff and he just loves it. He just wants to help the diabetic community. We had a discussion around money and Chris is doing it for the mission and the purpose. And because his son is likely to develop type 1 diabetes. So there is just a huge personal connection and he's doing it for the love and the mission. But we all know to make, to sustain a business, especially a product business, cash is king. 
cash flow and business development and innovation and R&D and strategic partnerships, marketing, branding, the skills and business acumen are necessary. He's picking it up as he goes along and he's done an incredible, incredible, incredible job. And I'm generally excited for him and can see so many possibilities and options as this product grows and becomes better and better. So if you're interested in innovation, if you're that person that's thinking, well, I don't know how to run a business, doesn't matter. You learn it and you surround yourself with amazing people. And more importantly, you develop the mission, develop the mission, a bit of will, resilience and the love for it. And you'll go far, you'll go far. And Chris is an absolute testament to that. So as always, enjoy and I'll see you in the next episode. So hi, Chris, thank you so much for joining me on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. You are our first guest from the States and This podcast is very close to my heart because it's about diabetes. Um, We've had the company Dexcom, that is an international company, but we had the UK kind of branch onto the podcast. And I wanted to invite you on because you have created a fantastic product. If you describe it, you'll be better at describing it. Sure. Well, I'll back up a little bit. I've been a firefighter for over 20 years and a diabetic in that same time frame. And initially, When I was diagnosed, I was kicked out of the military because I was not deployable anymore. And so I didn't think of that as being a big deal, but it was a life changer. And it was the first thing that impacted me with diabetes. And so with that, I became a firefighter. And as I became a firefighter, three or four years into it, I lost my job for two years because of a low blood sugar. And so that was the first really financial impact that it caused on me because at that time my wife was a stay-at-home mom to our two kids and and so now I was learning how to adjust with living with diabetes and so I really for the next I don't know five to ten years I wanted to hide the fact that I was diabetic partly because I mean really I wanted to be known as a kick-ass firefighter I didn't want to be known as a liability to other firefighters I didn't want to be known as a diabetic. And so as I'm looking for other jobs, I didn't want that to be used against me. So because I lost my job and an accumulation of other events, I finally decided as working as an EMT, 100% of the responses that I went on for a low blood sugar, they had never had glucagon. So can I just, we just back up. What is an EMT? Uh, emergency medical technician. So it, it's the first responders arriving to be able to help on um, emergency situations, usually before an ambulance is there, we're there to be able to help. So when, I mean, 100% of the time, they had never had glucagon because they would tell us it's too expensive and it's by injection and by prescription. And so that started taking a toll on me because, I mean, you hate to see people suffering from whatever disease, whatever pain that someone might be in. And then finally, after I woke up from an ambulance while camping with my kids because of a severe low blood sugar, 
awoken to them rubbing glucose gel on me, which was the first for me. So an accumulation of events is I finally, because of the pain that I felt like I was putting my family in, whether it's financially or the disease, I wanted to be able to have something ready for them to be able to help. Because at that point, the ambulance, it took 25 minutes to get where we were. And so really, that was the start of me finally making something that worked for me into a, you know, a straw filled necklace that I had made that finally my doctor recommended that I make it available to others. And so it was, it's in the easiest sense to go back and answer your question now, it's a necklace filled with what emergency medical technicians use upon arrival to help with a low blood sugar. Yeah. So, and what was really exciting. So I, I've been following Chris online for quite a while and I'd seen the necklace. So it's a black necklace. So it does come in other colors, doesn't it? The kid sizes do. Yeah. So it is a black, well, Tyler's got a black necklace. It's full of the glucogel and it clasps with, mag- it's kind of got a magnetic clasp. And when we, how we use it, and it, so the, maybe the management is different in the UK to the, the US, but how we use it is when Tali is having a, um, a low, she takes it off, she squeezes, probably a little bit bigger than a pea-sized blob on her finger, and then she rubs it in her gum. Then 15 minutes later, all fine, off playing. And before we used the necklace, we used glucose tabs. I think what's really nice and why I was so excited is that Tali's only eight, and it helps her, gives her a little bit more control and ownership of her treatment. And one of the kind of the knock-on effects is that because she really likes the necklace, she keeps checking her Dexcom to see if she's going to have a low. So it's actually making her manage it better because it's like, oh, she, she can see it going down. Then she knows, you know, like we adjust it. So she's constantly checking it. But on the day that we got it, so I'm in the UK, it came within the same week. And it was just so exciting. And she was just so happy. And a friend that lives around the corner, she went around there and it was COVID. And I was like, no, you can't go around. And she was like, but we're socially distanced. I just need to see her. So it's just really, really, really exciting. And I suppose most innovations are so simple. So simple. Yeah. Uh, and to say this is a simple design, but I, I really compare it to the plastic piece on a shoelace. Because really the idea behind it isn't rocket science. But for me, because when people suffer from a low blood sugar, not only the cognitive thinking with myself, but for those around that are looking for something to be able to find something to be able to use to help someone, we just wanted something that was easy to find so that one wouldn't have to go into a duffel bag, a drawer, a card, find something to be able to help. So we just wanted that quick, easy access to where it can just be pulled off quickly and you have it right there to be able to help. So obviously I don't have diabetes and a lot of our listeners won't have diabetes, but they treat patients with diabetes every day. I know it will feel different to everybody, but what does it feel like when you are having a hypo? It really depends on, I guess in the easiest sense, it's described as being drunk. It's easily confused, shaky, fast heart rate, start sweating. Um, I've woken up in the middle of the night 
to where my shirt was just soaked because my body was sweating so bad. And so those were the obvious signs to where, I mean, there's times when my wife would tell me, I think you're having a low blood sugar. And I would reject it to her thinking I knew my body than her, but she would see these small signs when she would ask me an easy question, you know, just give, give her a blank stare and unable to respond effectively. And so those are my signs and signs that she's recognized to know that I am having a low blood sugar. And how old were you when you first got diagnosed and what led to that diagnosis? I was 23 years old and we didn't have any family history of diabetes. So it wasn't something I recognized at all. In fact, I was going through my EMT class at the time and for how little they teach about diabetes in it. It was just something I didn't recognize. But at that point, I, my wife was pregnant with our first son. I just got done reading a book about Kuvade and not knowing what Kuvade was. I was told that it's where the husband starts having the same symptoms as the wife. And so when she was waking up three or four times in the middle of the night to go bathroom, I would too. So I didn't think anything of it. I thought this Kuvade thing is real. <laughs> So, I mean, I was drinking a lot of water. My throat really felt like sandpaper. So I was drinking a lot, but then I was just gearing it a lot. And you also mentioned, I suppose, is it because the jobs that you were going for, they sound like very physical jobs. You, you didn't want people to know that you had diabetes. Was it because of the job or was, yeah, why? That's a good question. I guess it started when I got kicked out of the military. That was the first thing that really affected me. And I didn't know anything about diabetes. I didn't have any friends that were diabetics. Social media wasn't a big thing. So it wasn't something that I could learn from others. But once I got my firefighting job and lost it, at that point, again, I just, I, I didn't want to be known as a diabetic. I wanted to be, you know, the top-notch firefighter. I wanted to be a person that was committed, one that wanted to work hard, one that, that you can count on. And I, I just felt like at that point, there was a labeling of he's diabetic. What do you think you're known as today? Well, my hope is at the end of the day, or once I'm out of this life, is that I gave everything to be able to help diabetics in every which way. My son found out two years ago that he's got two of the signs of being a type one. So he's projected to be a type one in the next two years. Now, he leaves for college this year, and he's going to go across country for that. So that worries me. It worries me that he's going to run into same scenarios that I possibly went through. And I don't want him to have, have to face of hiding the fact that he's a diabetic. Because now I look at diabetes as almost a symbol of pride. And maybe that's because of all the people, all the diabetics that I've been able to meet. And now I don't worry about losing a job because of diabetes. So, and, and that's another reason why I wanted to be able to protect him to have something for low blood sugar when it comes to that time. I look at it as where over 400 million across the globe that I don't want people feeling that way. I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel protected. I want them to have a sense of pride in being a diabetic because it's really a small group and it's a special group because really diabetics, as you get to know them, there's a strength that each one has. 
which is something I love about every diabetic. So how do you juggle being a firefighter and an entrepreneur? Well, I never anticipated being an entrepreneur. I never anticipated on running a business. And so my kids are old enough now to where, um, as they get ready for college, to where now I, I guess I feel like my downtime is my time to give everything to diabetes. And that's my passion. I mean, some people like to go out in boats. Some people like to go golfing. Some people, whatever hobbies that they have, this is absolutely my passion. There's not one diabetic that I wouldn't do anything for. So how big is your team? And where did you start when your doctor said you should make this product for other people? Like, where do you start? We have a team of seven right now. So we're small. Where did I start? Well, the first thing is I had to figure out if it was something people wanted. Because financially, I knew it was going to be a struggle to figure out how to run a business and then not knowing anything about a business. So really, I finally adapted to Facebook and I started messaging people and posting stuff, making it look like we had a product. So we drew up a design that we thought could work. And then we just started getting people's input designs and then some people ran some stories. And once the story started running, that's when we kind of thought we better make this into something because we had a phenomenal response upon it. And are you allowed to share? So you've been on Shark Tank. I have not been on it. They reached out to me to make a video. Matter of fact, it wasn't something I was looking for. They reached out to me to app to make the video, and then they asked me to get it to them within a week's time. And then they said they would get back to me if it was something that their producers were looking for. And so in that week's time, we were also moving to another house. So it was a crazy busy time because we didn't have anything planned or projected to make something. And then we just all of a sudden started scrambling on making a video. And so we never did hear back from them. So we assume that we have not made it to the show. But fortunately, it wasn't a need of ours. It was just more fun of being able to, again, get together with other diabetics to make that video. So interesting. I would have thought that people apply. I'm sure some people do, but they've got producers out looking for products. They ask you to make a video. Everybody gets really excited. And yeah. then you don't hear anything back. Uh, it was exciting. Now, I would say we we were, there was an audition last year that we were actually on the airplane en route to where we were going to audition the next morning. And on our way there, weather said otherwise, and we got sent to another airport and we never made it there in time to be at an audition for it. And so we were trying, but weather said not today. So I, I don't know if it was something from that that provoked them on um, reading about our business to get the information to reach out to us or not. Do you need investment? Do you need to scale? You have got a product that could be accessed worldwide. Well, I'm living off a firefighter salary, so I, I definitely have limited funds. We haven't sought out investors. I would love to get it into the hands of diabetics quicker. So I would love to entertain the idea for someone that could also help with the business side because business is new. I really got to, fortunately, the town that I live in, 
they have a almost like a new entrepreneur with the universities. And I think I got a four or a six year degree in about a three months time. Because we have some amazing people from the three colleges, which has just been tremendous. So the outpouring that of a four to six year college that I got for free in that time was just amazing. And that's how I learned how incredible our city is and our, just people in general. What's the vision for the business and your role in the business? Do you want to be an active day-to-day CEO in the business? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I've, I've, through this process, I've learned that I love business. I wish I would have learned this 20 years ago, but I'm okay because I'd love to do it now because I knew there is uh, personal endeavors that I had to get over to be able to think that I could run a company or make a product or be able to organize a business. So there is still some aspects of business that I'm unfamiliar with that I got some people helping me with. But I think just like building this product um, for how simple it is, uh, for a while, I ran off the the notion of well, a good idea will just take care of itself. And I didn't realize really how much business on the back end of things takes place. But I love the learning process. I absolutely love the learning process. And I love a team. I love people that are energized to want to help other diabetics as well. What's the hardest thing about this startup? I guess for what you don't know, I mean, I've come across a lot of people that really wanted, that found this as a great idea as well. But then once you get into knowing their hearts of things, they're more about the money. And I think my passion is more about the diabetic rather than the financial part of it. I'm okay with my personal life if I go bankrupt in this process because I know it's a product that can help diabetics across the world. And so I'm more about the diabetic than I am about anything to making money. But do you think the more money you make, the more people you can help? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's an area that I guess crosses my mind almost daily because, I mean, some people have heard me say that ideally my end goal would be able to take over an insulin industry. And so I would love to be able to build this up to where insulin does not cost more than what water is. And that was the only reason that I wanted to do it as a for-profit, because I want to build this out to, again, there's not a diabetic that I don't want to help. And I hate to see anyone suffering from because of the cost of something. And so, yeah, money, money will play a key part in my macro goal, which may be 30 years from now, but that's okay because I'm willing to stick around and willing to do everything it takes to make it work. How much does your product cost in compared to the rest of the market? Our product for retail is $18.95 for the adult size necklace. Now, I compare that to, for us here, it costs $250 for glucagon. And that, that's my comparison. And so... Why? Why is it so expensive? <laughs> it's just, it's a controlled product. That's a, a drug. And out of pocket, that's what I compare it to. Now, other people want to compare it to other gels. The hard part with other gels is 80 to 90% of them that are out there are made for endurance athletes. They're designed to be able to kick in in 20 to 30 minutes. 
And so a lot of diabetics that have used glucose gels before really don't know the differences. They just think that the gels aren't great. And so, and that's why we decided to get permission to be able to use the blue circle, the symbol of diabetes on our product. So the diabetics not confused as far as which gel to get. Have you made to date any really costly mistakes? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> we all have. We've all been there. <laughs> I, I'm, I've got a, consider about a considerable amount of money into this business trying to figure it out. And whether it's the product itself, whether it's having the right components to it or not, there's not a component on this necklace that I haven't made a mistake with. And so each end of it has been approved upon the gel. We just, I mean, we had one gel in it and, but it wasn't fast enough for me. And so for six months, the makers, my manufacturer is working on it. That was one of the last key areas that we just fixed to where it works twice as fast as what the old gel was. So going back to the business side, what, where you said there are some areas and in all this, you know, like we can't be, You've become a bit of a jack of all trades, but you can't know, ev- you know, like everything. Could you share some areas where you think that's just not, it's not my forte? Well, I can tell you four years ago, I was not on social media. And so anything to do with social media, whether it was just Facebook, I had never had an account before. So when I say every step of the way was a learning step, there's no joke. I mean, from, I, I had one business partner initially that loaned me some money to get a design of it. And so, and that was as low as just $5,000. So from the finance side to the business side to even knowing what the right material was to be able to use on the necklace to make sure that nothing's bleeding into the gels was hard. But I mean, there's not any ounce of this business to where I've had, where I couldn't just say I knew what it was. There's Every inch of this business, I have to dig into and learn to make sure that I know what I'm talking about. And is your wife part of the business? Yes. As a cheerleader and as, I would say, as an accountant and as when I'm at the fire station, she runs it when I'm not here. There's aspects that she doesn't know about it because she has her job as well that she does. But she knows she's just as in tuned with most of it as I am. I feel like you should have just said like a hard yes. She's going to be listening <laughs> to this. She's going to be like, why are you like, yeah, she is? Well, <laughs> I get what you're saying and I'll probably pay for that later. But <laughs> She's like, uh, yeah, I'm the accountant. I'm the finance director. Yeah. But but I'd tell you that she would say the same thing because there's definitely aspects of it that she is unaware. And how does it affect your relationship that you've kind of got another child to bring up and raise? Because it's running a business. Both me and my husband run our own business. We've got three kids. It's so consuming when you love it. And then uh-huh. it's even more consuming when things go wrong. Just hearing you say that gave me the chills because when you have the passion for it and when you absolutely love what you're doing, it's easy to overcome those things. The end of the day, our son's going to be a type one diabetic in the next two years. And 
I don't feel like everything's ready for him. And nor do I think other organizations are doing their best that they can to go to help diabetics. And so I'm going to make sure that we are doing enough to be able to change the face of diabetes and to make sure that there's enough out there so another life isn't lost. Why did it give you chills? The love for, I mean, I don't look at it as a business. I don't look at it as, as a way to profit. I seriously, my wife and I and the team look at it as a way to help. And so it's something within us now that diabetes and people who suffer from this disease are our passion. So I think anything that people love to do, it becomes easy. My firefighting job, there's its days to where it's just not fun. There's never a day in diabetes that is not rewarding and the people. And I'll give you an example. I had a mom call me from California a few months ago. She was scared because her son kept experiencing severe low blood sugars. And so I told her in the conversation, let me come out there this weekend, which was two days away, and let me help. And so in those few days, I, was, I took one of my sons, and him and I flew down there, not knowing anything about this family other than that just short conversation. So when I got in there, he was, oh, her son was 20 years old or so. And I told him what we're going to do and what we're going to try. So he wasn't on a pump and he wasn't on a CGM. And fortunately, at that point, I had a spare at both. And so I gave him those. And what I came to find out was he played collegiate baseball, something I didn't know. And collegiate baseball wasn't something that I followed, wasn't, wasn't a fan of. Well, then I learned he was the best player on the team. And then I learned that the team that he played on was the number one team in the country and that they're getting ready for the playoffs. And so I was able to learn more about him. And then his mom and his son and him absolutely loved the CGM and the pump. And so they went there through their insurance to be able to start using it. So from there, I got a phone call three months later and said, hey, my son just got called up to play for Team USA. And they said, I can't go with him because of my job. Is there any way that you can go with him? And I thought, wow, I couldn't <laughs> turn this down. And so fortunately, I was able to work it to where I was able to go down there. And then the purpose was is because for the team that he played for, they knew how to help him on the college team if he had a problem. The Team USA team, they, had, they didn't know any of the coaches or any players, and they were worried that if he had a problem, that nobody would know how to take care of them. And so that's what I was going down there for is to be able to help the coaches and other players and answer any questions so I can be that medium to help if he has a problem. So I got to go be a part of that, which just was fun for me. And then maybe a month or so ago, we just found out that he got drafted on one of the major teams here in the U.S. So it was, it was fun to be able to see him and not knowing anything about him, go from this diabetic that felt like he was out of control, like any one of us, and then now he's going to be playing Major League Baseball. Do you have any educational programs? Practical experience. That's everything's just practical. But could you? Because how do you? How do you find the time? You can't be flying over, flying yeah. all over the US. Um, how can you? How can you help people to help themselves? 
Well, it's funny because you said that again and I got the chills in my arms. It's just, it's something, you know, when you hear that mom and that you hear that scare in that voice, I mean, I think moms tend to have it worse than the diabetics themselves because the moms are always under that constant worry. That Whereas the diabetic, the diabetics learn how to adjust. It's just part of who we are. And so once I heard that scared voice in her, as with anything in life, if you feel like something's important, you find time and you find a way to get to it. It's true. It is true. I suppose there's just so many possibilities, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And so in designing this business, I came up with the mission just a few years ago of connect, grow, serve, and go, which really, when I look at it, has nothing to do with this. This is this necklace is just a device to be able to help with the most common emergency. And so connect, grow, serve, and go, I look at it as an aspect of I'm a diabetic just like other 400 million across the world. I've been able to learn practical ways that work. I've been able to learn their emotions on every side of it. And so every step of diabetes, there's different growth. And whereas there's the poor me, there's the, I don't want to be recognized as a diabetic. And there's the, when you start connecting with other diabetics, that really growth really starts to begin because then you see that how many other people are living with disease. And so matching those components together is really this necklace in my mind plays a part of it, but it's just a small part of it. And so being able to fly across to another state is just one way of being able to help a family. Thank you so much. If people want to find out more about you and where to get the necklace, where can they go? Glucoserevival.com. We just landed in Singapore too, to where they're going to start distributing there. And we're slowly starting to spread as much as we can so we can get some products out into the world so that everyone can have access to it. So we have 24 countries listening to this podcast. Where do you ship to? There's not a place we don't ship to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we ship all around the world. We've tried. Uh, we've learned some hiccups on the road, including in the UK, but we've managed to overcome a lot of the obstacles. Yeah, I paid... And that's what we're trying to save on. Pretty penny for the postage. But do you know what? Yeah. It's, it's worth it. It was like, do I want it? I want it in five days. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we were, I mean, for us, Canada, Mexico, UK, Australia, we're trying really hard to find distributors there that will bring it there because, I mean, it kills me to know of what you are paying for the cost for delivery. All in good time. All in good time. Again, it's a learning process. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you like what you hear, it would be great if you could give us a shout out on social media. You can find me on Twitter at THC Primary Care, on Instagram again at THC Primary Care or on LinkedIn. Just look for Tara Humphrey. And if you really like it, it would be great if you left us an iTunes five star rating and review. And I will see you in the next episode.